You are now listening to The Jason D'Amico Show. Greetings, folks. Welcome back to The Jason D'Amico Show. Thanks to everybody who's been listening. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and for those that have been viewing on YouTube, we really appreciate your support. And again, uh, we have made the transfer over from the Jason D'Amico official artist channel on YouTube for Jason D'Amico Show content. You now need to subscribe to the Jason D'Amico Show official YouTube channel. So we'll have that link down below. But we really appreciate everybody who's been uh, transferring over there for just Jason D'Amico Show exclusive content there. Um, anything past episode, I think 110 is there now. So uh, thanks to you for subscribing to there and uh, really excited about this episode. Our guest today is in the New York blues hall of fame, as well as a Federa guitar artist and nominee for three 2021 independent blues rock awards, best band, best CD and best single. He's toured internationally and his awards include best self-produced album for 2006 at the IBC uh, 2009 through 2010 Mojo Boogie Award and Big City Blues Magazine. Happy to have the Blues Lifetime Achievement Award. And he's performed with artists, icons such as Aretha Franklin, Hubert Sumlin, Lucky Peterson, Joe Lewis Walker, um, and is uh, co-written or, or written with John Mayle. And is, his writing can be heard on Train of My Heart. John Mayle, class John Mayle. Um, please welcome to the show. My good friend, Mr. Dave Fields, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. That was one hell of an intro. Thanks, Jason. Uh, you hey. Know, listen, if you're go big or go home, right? You gave me a great bio. That was only one third of it. So we would have been here for like five or ten minutes. I, I, I try to take the highlights and just jam pack them in and, and just, you know, if, if the guest has a big smile on their face, right when I say their name, I've done my job. So I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Bravo, signori. Bravo. Ah, I love it. <laughs> fellow, uh, fellow New Yorker. And I say I'm, 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 a, I'm a North Carolinian by default. I was born in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I have New York parents. So I'm kind of a Southern Yankee, if that's even a thing. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of strangeness in my in my dialect and in my accent. Whenever I'm up there, people think I'm from the South. Whenever I'm down here. People think I'm from the north, so I, I'm just maybe I should just say I'm from Maryland. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's it's great to have the New York connection, man. So much history in in uh, Manhattan. That's where you're at these days, right? Lower East Side. Yep, that's where I live. I live in Lower East Side, and um, I was born and raised in Manhattan, and uh, went to high school in New Jersey. Though we don't talk about that, you know. <laughs> I can still I can talk like I'm from New York. New Jersey's the same thing, you know. what I'm saying, you know, I got you know you, your family's from from New York area where are they from yeah my dad was born in um uh bensonhurst i believe uh, originally so brooklyn and staten island he, he transferred over there probably like middle school his uh, parents moved there and um my mom's from upstate uh orange county area so montgomery kind of newburgh rock tavern very nice right right around the Catskill area where things kind of start getting mountainous. Yep, so it's beautiful there. Oh, it's great. I love it. It's nice. North Carolina is nice too. I love North Carolina. It's just hot, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hot. But I mean, New York city gets cooking too because of the building. Oh my God. Forget it. 
it's gonna it's gonna be 105 heat index tomorrow in New York. Oh my That's god! Like, it's like sick. I mean, the the pavement starts to melt. It's it's incredible because when you get those steam vents on on the streets and the yeah. cars go over it, you get these like kind of hills of like asphalt. It it sucks. You you get hey, the the extreme temperatures in the subway. You know, um, I just it, 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 and down there it's like 120. It feels like you know in the summer. Yeah, it's the yeah, same. That's, that's why I uh, ride a bike everywhere. So anyway, you, you ride a bike everywhere. Yeah, they got all bike lanes in New York City now. Oh, Take that's the great. bike to the gig. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it works because they all have back lines anyway. Correct. Right. You just need your guitar and a couple of pedals, and you're ready to go. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Um, as far as beginning stages for you, like, how did you? I, first of all, I don't even know where to start. Like I'm looking at all of your material. I'm looking at the CDs, you know, listening online, monstrous, monstrous player, uh, obviously Thank incredible you. musicianship really just, uh, it's like, I, I probably needed a whole other year to do research on you. Cause you've just got so many different things going on. I love it. Um, but let's just start with your beginning stages. Like, how did you get into music? Well, uh, I'm the son of noted composer, arranger, producer, Sammy Forever Fields. Wow. My dad, um, he's originally from the South. My dad's from Somerton, South Carolina. Okay. If you're listening, Dad, I'm sorry if I'm sounding like you, but, you know, what can I say? <laughs> and, and I'll tell you something about my dad. Now, you're, you're Italian, right? My dad's I, Italian. Italian. <laughs> yeah, Italian. My, so my I, daddy, sir. <laughs> so, you know, we're kind of like, you know, you know, Jews and Italians, we're like this, you know, you're, familiar i saw the familiar. Right. so my dad came from a, like a, a this redneck town he was the only jewish kid <laughs> <laughs> he moved to new york in the 50s and uh you know he had a lot of success he worked with a lot of famous people and he he worked with the, uh the, the, the capris as a moon out tonight and then he worked with uh the royal teens who wear short shorts in the 50s and then he ended up conducting at the latin quarter which was the biggest nightclub in new york and he worked with i had pictures with him with um, uh, Louis Armstrong. Wow. With Rodney Dangerfield. He was buddies with Rodney before Rodney got big. Oh, my God. With, uh, with, with uh, Peggy Lee. Uh, just all these people. Red Buttons. He was friends with all these comedians. So anyway, I grew up in that environment. And um, it's just part of who I am. I just grew up as a son of a noted musician. So and, you uh, were, so you were, um, you were hanging out with those guys at one point? As a kid, my dad, then? when I was a kid, my dad built a recording studio, and in the recording studio, Stevie Wonder would come over and record. <laughs> Barbara Streisand, uh, George Benson, uh, I mean, just so many people. And uh, he ended up selling the studio, but he, he built a studio when we moved to New Jersey. He built a, a world class studio there. So, wow. And uh, I was really, I had the most amazing musical upbringing. I, I was blessed with that. And, uh, my dad would take me, I'd miss school and go to recording sessions and work with the top musicians, uh, you know, and uh, I got to, to witness what music production was like firsthand. My dad yeah. is a world-class arranger, composer, producer, virtuoso, virtuoso piano player. And um, it was just incredible. I, I, I was blessed with that. So salute, dad, if you're listening. Man, well, I can, I can hear it in in the playing um is your is your dad still around still alive still around. that's so great that's awesome 
And this is funny. He's got a Rat Pack tribute band that he's doing because he worked with all those guys. Wow. It's hysterical. You should interview him. He's yeah, like, we're going to have to get him on the show. This is I, I, I wish I had that as a talking point. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I should. My dad is so funny. He's such a character. So anyway, that's, hey, you know, that's great. It's funny. I was noticing you and I, we got the same hair, man. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's that Sephardic thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, my hair's not, not quite doing it now because of the humidity, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, you know how it is. I mean, the East Coast. Uh, did you ever spend time out on the West Coast? Not too much. It's, but, uh, uh, I mean, of course. I was yeah. out in Phoenix seeing my buddy and we, we did a, I produced his, um, his single, uh, when it came or well, his record, but when I was out there, it was a single and he invited me out. It was great. Uh, played drums with him at that event. And I, I just couldn't believe I'm walking around with like a black t-shirt and black pants and it's 105, 110 degrees out in Phoenix, but it was more tolerable than 80, 85 degrees here. Yeah. Or 90 degrees on the East Coast because the humidity was like 20 to 40 percent. And I, I mean, the sun is insane out there. It's a desert, but it's just that humidity. Yeah. Oh, my God. But where you live, you get a full on humidity. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, forget it. It's, and there's it's no terrible. breeze, like especially here in the Piedmont region. You know, it'll go up because we're like two and a half hours from the coast and we have nice beaches, but it's just. You're walking around in a swamp, it feels like half the time, you know? Yep. Oh, well, North Carolina's got beautiful beaches. I I often play at the Rusty Nail in Wilmington, which yeah, is a great venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's a cool thing. That's venue. a great I got yeah, if you I, if you don't know those people, you know, Sandy Williams, if I just may send a shout out to her. Well, it's funny because we were looking, um, we could talk about it off the air, but for PR purposes, we were looking to target Wilmington in the next month or two. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely we'll have to catch up on that. Uh, but tell, I mean, tell me more about this, you know, Stevie Wonder stuff. Like, was he an influence for you at that time? And it was, oh my God, were you able huge. to like see these guys like come in in real living color? You know, I mean, that's just crazy. You know, it's interesting because um, when I was a kid, I remember my dad driving me in his Chevy Chevy Caprice Classic. That's what he had. Nice. <laughs> it was a cop cop car, you know. And he put on the radio, we listened to, to radio together, and he would talk to me about songs. And he was a huge fan of Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And like, I remember like when Songs in the Key of Life came out, you know, when they, and if they played a song from that CD on the radio, we'd talk about it. And he, he was such a huge fan of, of Stevie, and I was too. I mean, because it was just part of the era where I grew up. And then later on, they became friends. You know, my dad and Stevie were, were buddies, supposedly. And, um, my dad's got some great stories about Stevie, but uh, I didn't really get a chance to interact with him like my dad did. Right. But, you know, because I was just the son and I was, you know, it's like to be around a legend like that. I was just like, it's it's humbling for me. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Who, who else and, were you listening to? Uh, you know, like 10, 15 years old. You know, what, what was going on? Was it more guitar? Like what? Who, who were you into? Well, my first instrument is piano because my dad okay. forced me to play piano first. And, you know, the first thing that I learned was Jerry Lee Lewis because I loved that's what I love. 50s yeah. rock and roll, which the is classic blues, rock. Right? Yeah, it's classic rock and roll. 
And then um, uh, when I was 10, I listened to like Ray Charles, um, Chuck Berry. Yeah. That's Domino. Uh, oh, yeah. All the, all the more the bluesy kind of, you know, rock and roll people. Jerry Lee Lewis, I think I already said that. Yeah. And, um, and then as well as popular radio, you know, top 40 radio, that was top 40 in New York because, you know, it's different. The, the radio markets are different from, from town to town. Right. And New York's such a weird radio market anyway. So it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's a lot of talk radio and people aren't really listening to radio is a much different thing. Now, Spotify is like the radio now, right? When you say, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, it's amazing how things have changed and I, you know, me being a millennial and born in the nineties, uh, I, it was weird because when I was younger, it obviously there was bleed over from cassettes and CDs. Like I grew up on, you know, the cassette player in the car or the boom box or whatever. And then uh, high school was more of that was the big Apple boom with iTunes was 0708. That's right when I started high school. And then Spotify came in and streaming. And I mean, everything just completely changed and uh it's gonna be interesting to see how it pans out because i mean in some ways it's fantastic and in other ways it's horrible you know well i mean what what's your take on this i, I know we're like completely you know popcorning on topics but i love it because <laughs> i i mean to you seem like a really hip guy like you know you can play your ass off it, it it's you know still got the gusto of somebody like you know as a teenager like i see that coming through with what you're doing and it's awesome Thank you so much. That's very kind of you to say that. My, well, my take on Spotify is, I think for artists like you and me, we're independent artists. It's, yep. it's an opportunity to get hurt. Yep. Because, uh, and I'll just use myself as an example. I was able to get on a, a juicy playlist on Spotify and yeah. it really helps a lot. I mean, I got over 600,000 streams, which is nothing compared to some other blues rock artists that I know they're independent, but it's something. So it's a yeah, way. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Another, I mean, I don't know who your listeners are, but if they're if they're interested, if they're singer songwriters like us, there's different legs to the tree of what we do, and one yep. of them is streaming. So yep. it's a long discussion, but that's the the quick of thing of it. I I really like the idea of Spotify, and I've been getting my checks, so I can't complain. Well, that and that's commendable, you know, especially for a niche genre now, which is actually incredible to think about because in the era of the Beatles and cream and Hendrix and all that. I mean, that, that was mainstream. That was pop, mm -hmm. you know, and to see it shift. And I guess we've seen this before because it, it was jazz and bebop in the thirties, forties, and then things kind of migrated in the fifties. And then, you know, it, things change things, but there's a classic classicism that I think really stays tried and true. And, uh, you know, based on what I've heard with your, and I can't wait to dive more into your music. I, I love how, again, it's just kind of like genreless in a really good way. You know, <laughs> it's just good music. It's like Quincy Jones. There's good music and bad music. And <laughs> wow. it's just a great way to categorize it, I think. And, and I, I love folks that really, you can hear multiple influences, multiple genres, and it's just great music combined into, you know, one song or one album or whatever. I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, a lot of my CDs, <laughs> a lot of uh, 
blues people I work with, when I would play them the CDs, they would say, my God, you're covering a lot of ground with this. You know, they'd be real diplomatic about it. But right. I really believe I grew up in New York City. It's a potpourri of all the stuff. Oh, yeah. Music. Yeah. So it's like it was all my influence. And but it's it's all like blues. If you think about it, like even if you listen to like like, you know, all the new pop artists today, they're singing the blues. My God, yeah. you know, don't tell yeah. me Alicia Keys isn't a blues artist. I, I was listening to Jennifer Hudson this morning on uh, on on the on uh, I guess it was a Good Morning America. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously, she's more of a blues gospel singer. It's it's still blues. So. Well, take Prince. You know, I mean, uh, oh, yeah, for example, because a lot of his like delirious and um, kiss, and, I mean, very one, four, five, very, very one, four, even if it's not yep. 12 bar, you know, and then just playing around with arrangements, playing around with instrumentation. So, I mean, the blues is just uh, it, we've got to keep it alive. Um, we've got to we've got to keep it alive. And uh, I'm just so glad to see folks like ourselves at least doing it you know and and who else is going to do it we need to do it well you know it's great to see somebody younger than me like you <laughs> keep it alive so bravo i appreciate it thank you i appreciate it well <laughs> i'm here to help all right i should be th- i should be thanking you guys you know because you guys really <laughs> you know influenced me i mean i let, we i gotta get into this songwriting for a second how did you get into that because you know, you're playing, learning Ray Charles, you know, working on piano chops. And, and, but did you start reading at an early age? Like, how did that, was it more, you know, audible by ear? How, how did that happen as well, far as like good. musicality? That's a really good question because I think um, absolutely I started first by playing by ear because it's just, you know, what happens, you know, I yeah. didn't have music put in front of me, but I learned how to read music at a very young age. Mm-hmm. I, I love that joke. You know, how do you get a guitar player turned down? put music in Give front of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know how to read. That's great. That's you great. Know, I went to Berkeley college of music. You know, I mean, I never get to, to really sight read music anymore, but wow. <laughs> you know, it's so you, went to, so you went to Berkeley. Yeah. For and, uh, uh, performance and arrangement. performance, piano, guitar. Yeah. Guitar. Okay. Very cool. And, um, Very cool. You asked me before about my songwriting. Um, I, I just, uh, something I just kind of naturally got into doing. I, I had a, my dad's best friend was this guy named Ron Marshall, who was the top voiceover, one of the top jingle singers. My dad would hire him to sing on all his sessions. And he had a son named Mark Marshall, and we were the same age. We'd miss school, go to the sessions with my dad. I was so lucky. My best friend, he lived like in New York. I was living in New Jersey at the time. And we used to hang out in the recording studios, and like, you know, watch, work with my dad was working with the top engineers, top musicians. And um, he began to write songs like, when he was 10 years old. And so he kind of inspired me to, to be a songwriter. So I was lucky that I had a friend who was the person who really lit the fire in me to yeah. be a songwriter. So I got to send a shout out to Mark. Mark, I love you. This is to you, buddy. If you're watching, did you, did you ever run into Don Oriola by any chance? Not personally, but of course I know who that is. Okay. Okay. Cause it, it's a very similar story where he, um, he was skipping school at, 10 or 13 or 14 to go like play guitar in sessions and then right. start started like uh kind of like a publishing career out of that songwriting career and then management and just you know and obviously with his uh franchise his dad the cartoonics the cartoonist and felix the cat and all that you know it's pretty pretty interesting um 
how'd you get into the blues? Was it more in the beginning, like with, you know, piano and, and that type of thing. And then a transition to guitar or, you know, how did that, how did that come about? It's an interesting story because uh, my dad was always playing the piano for us when we were kids. I have a sister. He'd come home and just be like, Oh my God, Jason, I wish you could hear him play yeah. Even to this day. He's 84. He's just a genius. My God. He's a powerhouse and he would just come and play for us. And one day he came home and he played great balls of fire. I was young. I was like three or four years old and I was hooked. And I knew I loved the blues. And from that moment on, I sought out all the blues records and early rock and roll records I could get my hands on. And yeah. That it's always been the backdrop of what I've done, you know, and, and then I went on to study jazz and classical music and just, you know, I was in on the early days of hip hop and all that stuff. So, and, you know, show tunes, which is a big part of New York City, which is not something I was really ever into. But my dad was into show tunes. My dad was into American song, you know, the great American songbook stuff. So I know all the American, all the jazz standards. I know all I know all them. But it, the blues is just something that just resonates with me. You know, it's it's funny because I used to work with this great singer, Roxy Perry, the New York blues queen. And she used to always tell me the blues is a feeling, you know. Stop playing from here. <laughs> <It's a feeling. laughs> you know, she would talk. Oh, my God. I can still hear her saying that to me. And uh, the feeling of what the blues was, was what always resonated with me. So when did that when did that click for you? Was that like an intuitive thing or did it take time for that to occur? I'm curious to see, like, you know, how that journey came about, because, you know, it, it is one thing to sit there and play and then it's one thing to also sit there and really play. And it almost feels like you're not playing. It's psychologically, it's a whole game. And I'm just curious to get your your <laughs> ideas and psychology on that. It's so that's such a great question. I, my God, I mean, I still feel sometimes I need to connect with that that blues nerve that's that lives in all of our hearts. You know, right? Um, when you study music the way I have, a lot of times you can just float off and to think about something, you know, would this be cool? But the best blues, it's just like when you're not thinking, you're just playing. I mean, my God, when I watch my hero, my hero was Jimi Hendrix, you know, when I, oh, when yeah. I watch the videos, I'm just like, just like going to some cosmic space or, you know, like BB, you know, seeing the old videos of him. playing. Oh yeah. One yeah. note. It's like, ah! well, you know, who does it for me like that? Like, and they all do that, but man, Albert King, I mean, holy shit, you know, and and for me, it's just, you know, when you listen to like, I've, uh, what's the one that I've been, I've actually started covering it because I'm like, there's no way I can do this like Albert, but it's so good. I have to cover it because I can't not cover this song because I love this song. Um, uh, what, what is it called? I know it's in G minor. Isn't that weird? Like, you know, the whole song, you can't remember the title. G minor is like this, right? Uh, uh, I'll play the blues for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and those little licks, you know, when you're down and out. Like that, all that stuff. And it just never gets old. Like, I mean, he'll sit there and play maybe the, the same. And I, and I don't say regurgitated in, in a condescending way at all because it's the exact opposite. He's the, I mean, these guys, they can sit there and play the same 15 or 20 licks and they are just perfectly placed. And it, it, it's, it's just, it, to me, it's actually more interesting than, 
a majority of, you know, sweeping stuff out there. I'd love to sweep. I can't sweep that well personally. I'm probably better sweeping the house than on the fretboard, but you know, I, I, it's just insane. And I, and I, I know you probably feel the same way. Cause I hear you've got the facilities as Clapton would say, like, you have the facilities. It's, it's, <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I don't know. I'm just pulling it out of my ass. But it's, you know, you have you have the chops, and that's great. But, you know, yes, yeah, so, you know, those notes and the spacing. And uh, John Mayer, I've always, I've always been a John Mayer fan because he really – same thing. Like, he's got it, but he really – he tames it, and he's very musical. And, and, and I love uh, – I'm taking notes, man. Like, <laughs> you know – uh, uh, I got. I got to stop you, man. You know, on your on the single, we. You know, I just I just produced the uh, for you, you uh, listeners, the Big City Rhythm and Blues CD sampler, and and Jason's got a cut on it, but he's got my favorite guitar player on. He's got Eric Gales. Oh, my yeah, God. yeah, it's that it's guy. Surreal. That guy's got it. I can't. One of these days, I want to meet him. I want to play with him. I'm such a huge fan of his. He's my favorite guy of the, oh uh, the new guys. Yeah, he's it, just so good. Well, oh, and that, that's God. like, that, that's a guy where you just, you're in the same room with him. Literally. Like I'm just there <laughs> when you watch the music video, it's uh, that's, that's the first take. Uh, the only reason why I think we stopped halfway in because there, there was uh, something there, uh, there was a track that was flown in um, that wasn't supposed to be on. And we're like, you know, hold up, hold up. We just went back and he just, came right back in like it was nothing, you know, within a minute or two minutes. I mean, the whole, the whole process was like three minutes, four minutes. And the rest of the time we were just joking around on camera, but I, I, it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. You know, the clarity, so each note, uh, the feeling. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> it's, it, it's amazing what you can learn. I've gotten more out of just watching him and being in the room with him than not even getting a, a guitar lesson from somebody like that. Like just, just being in that presence is you're it's, it's going to, it's going to white. It's going to like, you're, you're going to um, absorb that. And, and it's like intangible information that you can't even like explain what's going on. It just somehow just makes you a better player. Yep. Um, he's he's got a gift from God. That guy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Insane. Insane. And well, let's talk about this jazz thing real quick because. Oh yeah. I've been playing a lot now, of jazz lately. <laughs> it's funny you ask. Well, and that, that's another thing because I, uh, I'm a drummer first, always have been. And I was going to go the Berkeley route for drumming, um, for performance. Uh, and I was looking at Juilliard. I was looking at all these different schools. Um, and my story's kind of convoluted and we're not really going to get into it right now because it's just, way too long to get into, but I ended up going to school for business. Um, but I bring this up because I was really heavy into jazz in high school and I, and I really, really liked it, but I had, I, I felt like j- melodically challenged for a long time in that area. Drums was great. Made a lot of sense. Limb independence. I love to swing. And I was big into the guys like Ian Pace and bottom who could swing, but they had the rock thing going on. And then, you know, just getting into, uh, Jim Chapin and, and buddy mm-hmm. rich and all those guys. So for drums, I feel like it's, it's a little bit more digestible switching over from like straight eights 
to swing and just working on independence. But jazz to me feels like a whole other animal melodically. It's the thing like, you know, what is it like a jazz performer knows thousands of chords and plays for three people and a a rock star knows three chords and plays to thousands of people, you know? So it's just, it's, it's kind of hilarious, but I want to, I want to hear your take (laughs) on it. How was that transition for you? Was it easy? What was difficult when you, how did you get the jazz bug? Like, how did that happen? And what was that process like? Oh, this is, uh, I'm, this is really, I can't believe you're asking me this question. All right. So <laughs> this is a great question, but uh, I generally here. don't, I don't generally discuss this thing on a blues show because oh boy. a lot of the blues people would frown upon, upon this, but honestly, here's the truth. When I was a kid, the blues is what I was all about. And then I got to listen to, you know, all the stuff my dad influenced on me. And through my dad's influence, I studied to listening to, to jazz, specifically bebop. So I studied bebop and I listened to, you know, Miles and Coltrane, blah, 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 blah. I studied all that when I went to, to Berkeley. And it's a language. And um, obviously. And I ended up deciding I had a couple of choices in my life as to what direction I was going to go into. I, I tried to do this kind of pop thing, which didn't work out. And then I decided I was going to do an electric jazz thing. And uh, my first CD, which I never released, was actually an electric jazz CD. And mm-hmm. on it, it features, features Keith Carlock, you know, who's a drummer now for, for uh, I guess he's playing with Toto. Wow. Uh, Tim Lefebvre, who I believe is playing with the Allman Brothers. Van Romaine, who played, plays with, you know, Steve Morse band, Dixie Dregs. Wow. Uh, Mike, Mike Seglis, all heavy hitters, right? Yeah. Produced by Joe Barbaria, who produced all or recorded all the John Panatucci records. So it was a real electric jazz CD. Damn. And then you know what? <laughs> I'll say this as quick as I can. It's a tough life doing jazz. Yeah. And it didn't really, really resonate with who I was. Okay. There's something about the blues community, the people, and the way the blues people are very down to earth and supportive yeah. of each other. Yeah. It just it's just who I am. I just so did you so did you so you didn't release that CD? I I because at the time that I recorded it, I didn't really know how to, to do an independent release because I just I just knew I had to do, wanted to record something. At some point, I will release it. If you want it, I'll mail you a copy. Man, but, that, um, I mean that sounds insane. It was a really it was a bunch of heavy hitters on it, and um, uh, you know, my God, I I had a, a real jazz career. I mean, I ended up I played with. You know, I did recording sessions with Steve Jordan, if you know who he is. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I worked with Al Foster, the drummer. Uh, I worked with uh, Anthony Jackson on bass. I've done wow. recording sessions with a lot of heavy hitter jazz guys. And to this day, I have a, I have a steady Thursday jo- thing that I'm doing in Brooklyn at this place called Tambor. Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? You know where your dad's from? Brooklyn. Your dad talk, does he talk like this? <laughs> uh, we have, like a lot this, of re- we have a lot of relatives that do. Hey, He's- Jason. Hey. You do. Hey, listen, by the way, listen, we're going to have a card game later on. You know, it's $500 buy-in. It's all right, though. $40. No, sorry. So I'm doing this gig in Brooklyn every Thursday night, and on it is Joey Lors. They're all Italian guys, by the way. Joey Lorsell on bass, the guy who owns Federa Basses. Nick DeFrisco cool. on drums, who played with, played with uh, Jocko. And the amazing Bob Franceschini, who's world famous he plays with victor wooten so it's just all heavy yeah. hitters and it's a down and out jazz gig i do every thursday so now did did you uh real quick did you uh did you ever come across i don't know if you're into the metal scene at all 
But did you ever come across – I ask anybody who talks about Brooklyn and is a New Yorker, did you ever come across typo negative at all when you were out in Brooklyn? Like uh, Systems 2 recording studio, um, uh, Lamore, uh, one of those – that was a venue that was pretty prominent. Yeah. Around. I was just curious because I'm a big I wasn't, people fan. I didn't really make it into the metal thing, although um, I did do a CD that was kind of on the fringe of doing that. Uh, which was part of more of like electric jazz, kind of almost metal sounding jazz. Right, kind of like fusion. Eight. And I remember those places, and um, I just, uh, I just didn't, I didn't get a chance to work with those people. Okay, or, at, you know. But I ask everybody because he's and he's got the really deep bass voice, and he's from Brooklyn. You know, he talk like this. <laughs> hey, hey, that's yeah. pretty good. The five hundred dollar buy him. What you know? Yeah, five hundred. What is this? That's right. I'm coming down to North Carolina. I'm going to have, have a nice game. So, so you find resonance with the blues people, you know, you grew up with it. Uh, talk to me about, talk to me about your writing process. So, you know, you, you're writing songs. Um, sounds like from a pretty early age, you know, being inspired by your friend. Uh, you know, when I listen to stuff like force of will and uh, detonation, I mean, you know, great stuff, obviously would love to just kind of hear, you know, be a little bit of a fly on the wall. Um, uh, post-production on this and just kind of see how that came about, you know, where, how, how this works for you. My favorite songwriters to me wrote about things that they felt very passionately about, like, um, I don't know, just take Sting, for example. Right? As a yeah. kid, I used to listen to a lot of Sting and um, I just felt like, uh, you know, or like, you know, a lot of people love Bruce Springsteen in New Jersey, you know, <laughs> uh, one of the where I, a state that I grew up in, who yeah. was this writer that supposedly was you know wrote from his heart. We used these two guys for example. So when I was trying to be a better songwriter, I finally decided I was going to write about stuff that was personal to me, and just really connect with that feeling, <clears throat> and then do my best job to be creative and poetic with the lyrics and tell the story of whatever it was I was feeling, and in a way that everybody could relate to it, but yet unique to how I would present it to people. So. Um, as I get older, to me, it's more about the lyrics, where in the past, as a kid, it would be more about the lick or something yeah. from my guitar playing. Yeah. And then making those lyrics kind of have the same feeling of whatever that music was. So, um, for example, Force of Will. It's interesting you bring up that song because it got nominated for Best Independent Blues Rock Award from MakingAScene.org. And um, I'm an Aries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my dad is kind of into this kind of mystical thing, so I kind of grew up in this kind of semi. Okay, a little little mythology, astrology, yeah. yeah okay. So whatever. So I, I I take it. I don't really live that life, but I just I'm always kind of curious about it. Yeah, so. you know, it's interesting to see what comes up. And so that's all. Force of Will is about just like having to be an independent artist, and you know, you're broke. You got to put out a CD, for example, or whatever. The gigs are slowing down, and you guys got to keep going by the force of will. That's the yeah. Whole point of the song you know what it's like man yeah you know you're a musician it's like you just gotta plow through things sometimes so yeah uh, detonation um that cd which was produced by the amazing david z um i know there's a song called you will um you will remember me which is the ballad that, that ends the cd and that's about it's actually written about to my mother believe it or not and um it's just a story about how i felt feel about her and um uh, I just try to pick things at, at very 
close to me. And that's not to say that I don't craft songs too, because there is a certain craft right. for writing songs. Right. I, I worked at a jingle house for years, a big jingle house in New York city. And, um, we were always crafting music, you know, uh, I used to do a lot of toy commercials. So, uh, <laughs> there's always that going on. So, but writing from your heart, it's just like writing the blues is about a feeling. So the right. songs are about a feeling too. It's about connecting with that feeling. And I think that the best song writers, they know how to put it all together and it, <clears throat> write about what they feel like, spin it in such a poetic way that's unique to them and make the music be something unique and special. Yeah. I think John Lennon said, uh, you, you know, mean what you say, say what you mean and, and put a backbeat to it. Something I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. That. Cause it's that simple, John. It's that, mm. but it kind of is, I mean, it, you know, there's something to really be said about that. And, you know, th thinking about songwriting also, I want to, I want to get your opinion on. So by the way, that solo is insane. It's one of my favorite solos right now on, on uh, uh, force of will. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I mean, you got me that, that one sweep <laughs> thing you do and then way down the front. It's, uh, it's insane. Um, I want to know like what goes into your thought process on soloing. I, I think again, it's more than just knowing where the notes are and coming up with something. What's going through your head when you're, when you're doing a solo like that, are you really crafting it? Is it kind of half and half? It's totally improvised. Where do you find, like, how does that, where do you find that magical moment for you either on stage in the studio? Like where, where do you try to go headwise with that solos? Wow. That's it. That's a really great question. Now it's interesting because when you're in the studio, it's different than when you're playing live. And let's use the force of will solo as an example. Right. When I'm in the studio, um, now, what I try to do is play my songs live a bunch of times before I go into the studio. So when I'm in the studio, I'll have kind of like a live kind of feeling to it. It's a muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. To some, to some extent. Just to some um, degree. Yeah. That's now that because I knew that was going to be the title track of my CD. That was, it started out as something about how do I feel about what could I play that represents what the song is about that has to do with the song. Les Paul had some quote about how the best solos have thematic material from, from the melody of the song or something like that. So, yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's something about that indescribable feeling about playing the solo and yet playing notes that are crafted around that. So when I played that solo, I thought about what it felt like to just play. It starts off low. Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to build. So it starts off low and it, it, I want it to end up here because it's, it's, it's kind of got a structure to it. It's, it's, it's not like a jam. It's got a certain amount of bars and it happens. So um, it's really the bottom line is just, I wanted it to have a certain feeling. So that's what I just tried to connect with what was in my heart. And hopefully it came out to the, the listener when they hear it. So thank you. I'm oh, glad you like it. <laughs> I had to listen to it like 10 times and actually, it was too good. It, it prevented me from like listening to other uh, songs of yours because it was so good. I got kind of like stuck. So <laughs> I so. appreciate that. There's, there's definitely some things I thought about doing like that one sweep that I did on it. 
I just felt that that kind of sounded cool, but it had to do with the certain feeling of what the song was about. So oh, it was too clean. It was too. It's. It was, it was, I mean, that was it. That was like, uh, wait, what? Okay, we got to go back. You know, what? We got to go back. Yeah, but I, I, that's me personally. Like the, you know, stuff like that catches you. It's great, and then you got to go back, and you got to have the build up all the way to 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 the journey again. You know, there are like many stories or many. You know, songs can take you places. Solos can take you places. As long as you're taking the listener somewhere, I think that's yes. the most important thing. And I don't know what that. I, I don't agree. know what that means. I've been saying it for years. I thought I know what it means by now, and I don't. So I don't. I don't know. Maybe you have a better way of rationalizing through this. But I'm, let, let me let me say something about that. You definitely being a guitar player. My goal is every time I pick up the guitar, and I'm in front of people, is I want to take the listener with every note. To yeah. someplace with me. I want to drag them with me. I want to tell the story because it's each note means something. And the blues, especially every single note. And my God, Eric Gales, <laughs> I keep saying this. I know, man. Every, he's one of those guys. He just like, it's every single note. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, I, it's I, crazy. I can't wait to meet. I hung out with him once he played in New York and with Joe Lewis Walker years ago. And I walked up to him and I was like, Oh my God. You know, I, I was just like in awe of him because he's one of my heroes. Jeff Beck is one of those people too. Oh yeah. How old is he now? He gets better and better. I know. Oh my God. I know. Um, Jesus. You know, another one like that is Gilmore, you know, yes, yeah. just like <laughs> it, it's crazy. Well, you know, Joe Lewis Walker, I think we, we both have actually shared the stage with him then because oh, I, yeah. um, I opened up for him at town crier one time in beacon and that was i don't know five years ago or so and joe's awesome man he's another one so heavy, cool heavy hitter yeah Love him oh, oh yeah my God, i miss him what um what did what did you do with him was it like just kind of like a little mini tour or like how how did you guys get hooked up um i forgot exactly how i met him but um he he allowed me to sit in with him on some shows, which was a great honor. That's awesome. And he was a spe- he was a special guest on. We did a duet on, on Dead Nation on doing hard times, which was such an honor. And Very cool. he plays this slide solo. We go back and forth on guitar, and he smokes me, man. <laughs> he sounds so good on slide. You got to hear him. Oh man. What about uh? What about Aretha Franklin? Also, oh, yes. No, when I was a kid, or God, I was in a TV commercial with her. <laughs> Come on, Pizza Hut, deliver me. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> and they shot it at the old Studio 54. Uh, God, that was a long is time that, ago. Um, actually, I feel like I've been there. Is, is that still, was that around like 10 years ago, still 15 years ago? It's possible. I mean, that place has changed. Was so that by, um, was that by, uh, is that on like the west side? Yeah, 54th and I guess it's 7th or 8th. I forgot. Exactly. Yeah, is that like Hell's Kitchen area or a little bit north of there? Midtown. 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 Yeah. I feel like I've been there. I feel like I've actually like shot something there. Possibly. At some point. Yeah, so I don't know. But anyway, I did, I did a lot of acting in Manhattan, obviously. I'm trying. That yeah. sounds very familiar, Fifty Studio 54. Yeah, I forgot yeah. what they – it's changed names a bunch of times, but uh, – I think that's what it was. It was either there or the Ed Sullivan Theater where we shot it, or the old Ed Sullivan. I forgot, but right. Well, and then also Lucky Pe- another one. Um, I opened up for Lucky Peterson at the Falcon. Oh God! 
Uh, that was around the same time, like five or six years ago. Uh, now I think, uh, where is that? Up in New York. Um, Marlboro. Uh, Marlboro, New York. Marlboro, right. New York. Yeah. Yeah. So another great, I mean, incre- I love his organ playing. What a loss. My God. I did a, he was a special guest with my band, I guess, six months before he passed away or so. And there's a great video of us playing together. I, I God, I miss Lucky. He was, yeah. he was a soul brother. I just, uh, I ended up opening up for him a bunch of times. We actually did a bunch of shows overseas. And um, his, he had a, his beautiful wife. And um, uh, I'm still sad about it. I'm really sad about the passing of Lucky. What, uh, what, amazing. When, when did we lose him again? Was that like a year? <clears throat> yeah, within the last year. Um, year or two, right? Yeah, I forgot what happened but uh he was a jazz blues guy just yeah incredible incredible yeah. um i've also got hubert someone here as well hubert hubert was uh i had the honor of playing with him uh we did a bunch of shows together and uh, i was in his band i was the singer i guess the front man and <laughs> sort of and uh <laughs> what an what an angel oh my god I miss him too so much. Yeah. He taught me so much about playing with my fingers. What what did he teach you? What, what I mean if me, you digest it into a couple of couple of sentences. To be a gentleman. Interesting. Okay. To be, uh, to be a man of uh to be an honorable person. I saw him do some things to people that just were so beautifully treated people so lovely. And yeah. uh, he was ins- inspiring as a human being. And then obviously as a guitar player. He played with his fingers, and just the tone he got from his fingers is something that I've been working on for since playing with him. Well, uh, that that's a that's a that. Thank you for reminding me of that because some of these videos you're doing this like chicken picking thing. It's kind of like a Mark Knopfler thing, but it, it feels like twice as fast as what Mark does. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how that happens, but it's it's kind of like this thing, right? Between the thumb and the middle finger, and it's just really tight. And <laughs> yeah. I, it makes me not want to play anymore. So I just want to, I want to thank you for uh, doing that. Just stop. It's, it's, it's just, if you know, I listen to Jerry Reed, Jerry Reed, I'll have to look Jerry Reed. It. Oh my God. And, and it's funny because it sounds kind of like a Steve Vai thing, but it, it's not, it's obviously not, but if it, it, it has that same type of timbre to it. Well, let, let me ask you a question and let's just assume there's other guitar players listening. Are you a righty or lefty? I'm sorry. You're you're righty, right? Yeah. Okay, so why do we play if we're righty? Why do we have the guitar? Why do we finger with our left hand? Yeah, it's a it's a great question that I. I'll have. tell you. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because guitar was designed to be played with multiple fingers. Well, oh, so right, classical. Hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I figured out is that why do I have to just keep playing with a pick? I can use my fingers. I'm trying to to hold the pick in my finger like this. And use these fingers. Right. Why not? You know, that, Hubert did that. Hubert did that. He inspired yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of these guys, like John Mayer does it well. Um, yeah. Mark Knopfler, obviously. Killer. Richie Cotson's another one where he, like, dropped the pick years ago. And I, it's like, and I, and I think some tone stuff. Jeff Beck's another one, right? I mean. 
FTFX. Yep. The tone is it's totally different. Totally, totally different. In some ways, I'm not, not going to say it's better, but in some ways, it's definitely more appropriate for whatever's going on or whatever message is trying to get across. There is a sweeter, broader, I don't know if it's fatter, but it's just there's there's more, it's a, it's a little bit of a thicker note, you know? It, it's a, it's very, yeah, it's very interesting. I agree. Warmer. And, and you yeah. know what, you can... I think there's certain things that are much easier to play on guitar with your fingers than they are with cross picking. So, but then again, if you're going to, I learned pick style guitar first. So it's like a whole new thing to learn how to play with your fingers. So how long have you been doing the uh, finger thing? Well, really like, like serious. but seriously in the last 10 years. Okay. So I'm still working on it. And one of the things I've been working on guitar is playing, believe it or not, not classical guitar, but classical pieces on electric guitar. Mm. So um, like uh, I'm learning how to play a bunch of Chopin things on guitar. So, but the whole thing, the whole melody, bass, chords, everything, which is really hard on guitar. Have you seen, have you seen Eric Gales do Furelace? No, I got to check it out. Yeah. It's, it's, Oh my God. It's crazy. To say the least. And he probably did it all by ear. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Now, wait, you know what? He's he's actually a righty who plays the guitar left-handed, right? Uh, I know. I know. So he plays like this, but he's really a righty. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he just started playing it upside down like his brothers. Right. Yeah. And he, he, I guess his brother, one of his brothers, he asked him, you know, should I keep doing it like this? Or I, he tried playing it the other way, and his brother's like, no, look, you already started doing it like this. Nobody will ever play like that, and especially with it upside down. Just keep doing it because you're already, like, you're doing it like why why change it so um i do the same thing with golf i i golf lefty but i'm right-handed and wow you know oh but, my god and phil phil mickelson's the same way believe it believe it or not yeah but i'm not oh, phil boy. mickelson <laughs> and i'm not <laughs> eric gales so you know um, but John Mayle, well, let's get into this real quick. I mean, so cool. I had oh, a chance God. to listen to that today. Um, and the guitar work on that was that, uh, who do you know who played the solo on that song? Train to My Heart, yeah, his version. Oh, God, I forgot his guitar player's name. Um, is it Randy Rocky? I think Rocky, uh, um, right. Athos or uh, whatever his last name is. Yeah, I forgot. Killer, I love the solo work on that as well. I mean, great, great song, great lyrics, tight arrangement. That was another thing that really stood out to me. How, how did that collaboration come about? That's really okay. cool. Okay, so what happened was, um, this is something you should know because you just put a song on the CD sampler for Big City Rhythm and Blues mm-hmm. magazine. Mm-hmm. So when my CD All Wound Up came came out and I, I put on the CD sampler my version of Train to My Heart that I, I, I wrote the song. And somehow I got into John's hands. And one day he called me up out of the blue. I was like hanging out in my apartment, right? And I see this, this weird John phone. John calls you. It was John Mayle. I, I don't, something said, Dave, pick up the phone. <laughs> California phone number, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. Hello? This is John Mayle. This is Tay Fields. I was like doing jumping jacks. 
I was so happy. Even when I think about this day, it was one of the best days of my life. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> I mean, so much history, you know, Clapton and I, I mean, like, you know, Jack Bruce and ben, like, what the hell? All right. Anyway, so, so, so he calls you and then what? Yes, we, we need the lyrics for your song, uh, you know, Train to My Heart. Like, <laughs> I'll send them over right now. <laughs> boom, boom. I sent them immediately. That's great. <laughs> so uh, this was funny. And it was such an honor was that at the time, that was the song that was on his website for like a year or so. So I was like, oh, man, I, I hit the lottery. So. It's such an amazing honor to have him cover my song. So, Man. but that's what, you know, you're a songwriter too. That's what you kind of want to do. We're talking about songwriters. Our songs are our babies right. They're for us to do. And they're for other people to enjoy, you know? So just, you know, and there's a, there's some, another band that did like, uh, I don't know where they're from, but some other band has a video of them doing it live. I was like, wow, I got to reach out to those guys and thank them. So that's cool. That's cool. Uh, uh, well, you know, and I also saw your son on this this kid Jasper, man. This guy's like a firecracker on Saturday. Oh we we caught we caught some of his um he was on you guys did like a live stream last year and I was looking at some of that. I mean, bottle him up, keep him at 13 and just take him around the world because oh it's going to sell two three times the amount of tickets, I'm sure. That, that, that whatever the opener song that was, that kind of fusion thing, you know, um, you guys like doing some melody stuff together. It was tight as hell. Really good. Just really, really, really tight. And, uh, you know, he's he's very talented. Oh, thank you, Jason, for saying that. That is so kind of you. That's that's beautiful. I, I My son, Jasper, is 15 now. And uh, wow, he goes to Brooklyn Tech High School and. uh my God, he missed a year really basically because of COVID. This is, you know, my God, we yeah. haven't talked about that, but thank you. And I'm really hoping that I can share with all you listeners or people watching this video one day because he's he's an amazing kid and I'm hoping that he continues to play sax. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. Well, very is, kind he, to you. is he still playing? He's still kind of playing. That's cool. Yeah. yeah hopefully. <laughs> I mean, even if he just, you know, keeps it as a hobby or whatever, he doesn't want to do anything crazy with it. Um, I, I mean, just. I, the soul was great, but what really, really caught my ear was just how he was blending with you. And it, it was just very tight. You know, it's kind of like a father, son, or maybe like a Van Halen, Van Halen thing. You know, it, it does, you know, it's it, it, the mechanisms and you and your dad probably played a lot together as well. You oh, know, how it is. there's a synergy Tons. there. Yep. I agree. It's so beautiful. You bring that up. It's true. I hope that we get to, uh, I get to share them with you. We can, maybe we should all do a show together. You, me and Jasper. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. That. Yeah. That'd yeah, be great. Wait. Uh, I got guitar tones down here. Cause we, we really should hit it for some of the, the nerds that do listen. Um, cause they are out there and I gotta, I gotta say real quick, you're Leslie. I don't know whatever is going on simulation, what, whatever patch that is. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, I I've always had that, you know, when I got into the Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff, I was always trying to find a way how to do that without having an actual Leslie. And, um, there are some good pedals out there. I really feel like yours is supremely dialed in. So it may be, uh, 
it, it may be information that you don't want to disclose, but I'm fine with disclosing everything, but what do you want to know prior. No, I'm just, I, I, I think it's great. So I don't know if it's like some stereo blend or however you're doing it. It really sounds great. It's good. Thank you. You want me to tell you what that is? Yeah. Let's, let's get into it. There's two things. Well, one, sometimes I use the, um, I've got a boss GT 10 and it's set for stereo course. Okay. So I was right. Two, kind of two. Yeah. So it's two settings fast and slow. And then the other thing, which is my absolute favorite one out of all of them is the Neo ventilator two. Okay. It's just holy shit sounding. Yeah. Now, if anybody would like to buy an 825 Leslie contact me, cause I've got it. <laughs> I got one of those. I got to get rid you, of it. Like the, the actual unit. Yeah, I've got one of them, and it's just sitting around. I haven't used it in years. If you want it, I'll let it go cheap. Uh, it may be me. <laughs> okay, we'll talk we'll, later. We'll talk about it off the air. Hey, it may you know, be me. We have a card game for it, you know. Uh, you know. <laughs> hey. I got this Leslie. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Actually, you can just take it. My wife will be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just drop it off. <laughs> Well, all right. So let's get into back to the New York thing. I got to ask you, um, I mean, I'm sure you've, you've done the international touring and whatever, and you may want two different categories for, for best and worst. You could say out of all the shows you've done and then the New York shows that you've done because New York's a whole other animal. (laughs) Oh God. Uh, So I just real quick, I always ask everybody this best and worst for you. What, I mean, mean, best show, most memorable Worst show. I mean, you know, for whatever reason, could be funny, could not be funny. Usually they're funny, though, even if they're not funny, you know, in hindsight, uh, because it's just the nature of the business. But, you know, if anything that comes to mind, if you have anything in New York that you want to share as a second best oh, or God. something, well, New York's uh, another animal. It is a complete different animal. For those people who don't know it, New York right. is, uh, right. it's not really a blues town or blues rock town, although there's so much blues and blues rock going on there. Cause it's just so huge. Right. Um, well, I'll tell you some of my favorite shows in New York have been at the bitter end. Cause it's kind of like my, yeah, my, my home. And uh, it's always a unique thing playing in New York city. And I'm born and raised there and it's still a unique thing. Um, I can tell you recently, one of my favorite shows I did, believe it or not, was in Romania. Cause I was recently in Romania and I, about a month ago and I was with, um, it was incredible being over going overseas and playing with, the amazing Leave You Pop was the Romanian drummer who lives here in the U.S. And uh, the amazing bass player, Tony Tino, who played with Bruce Springsteen and wow. Southside John, Johnny and plays with me many, many times. Um, I don't like to talk about the one, the bad gigs because I'm trying to forget those. Right. <laughs> but uh, anything funny. Oh, God, I can tell you lots of funny things. My God. Um, Oh God, a funny, and this is, this is a good question. I need to think about what my funny stories are, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I will say this sometimes the best gigs have the worst beginnings. <laughs> so a lot of times like something will happen before the gig, like, you know, maybe it'll start late or somebody's got an attitude or something breaks. And then, you know, by the time the end of the gig, middle of the gig, it's an amazing crowd or something happens sell a lot of cds or it just ends up being a fun thing so um i try to forget about the bad ones and i try to i'll i'll think about a funny one for the future just so i have it in my oh yeah yeah there's no pressure but that's i think that's (laughs) that's that's a a good question well that's a good segue right there i gotta i gotta i gotta kind of like i gotta we gotta riff on that for a second with the whole 
psychology of uh, to me that that's what I'm hearing and what I'm synthesizing through that is staying positive. Uh, especially, and, and you said we didn't touch on COVID. Um, I touched on COVID a lot, uh, because this show really burgeoned, um, and, and, and kind of grew legs because of COVID it started way before it started almost a year before the pandemic. Um, but it was, I mean, this skyrocketed because everybody had to adapt, you know? Um, and I think depending on, it doesn't matter what age group, uh, doesn't matter what your occupation is. I think life in general, success in general, you have to be flexible. You have to be able to adapt. And that really just kind of punched it in the face with everybody, especially our industry. And, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on positivity. Maybe there's, maybe there's a personal regiment that you have again, if you want to disclose that information, you're more than welcome to. Oh yeah. You seem like a happy guy. You know I mean? You know, <laughs> I am trying to be, <laughs> I try to be, you know, if you could oh, save a couple God. of us from, from antidepressants, uh, we'll, we'll take the advice. What, I mean, what, what is the Dave Fields, uh, psychology book? Like what, what is it for you? You know, I know what it's like to be depressed and I know what it's like to feel beaten down, but I realized something. I try to focus on what I want in my life not what I don't have because there's That's great. I'm really, I'm always excited by the possibilities of what could happen. That's fantastic. And it's something you got. It's so hard to remember when you're down in the dumps. My God, yeah. I can think of a couple of things happening in my life right now where I need to remember this, but I really believe life is full of possibilities for everybody. And it's what you make out of them. And, um, and you know, that's why I wrote that song force of will, because sometimes you just need to keep plowing ahead by the force of will and stay focused on what you want. And uh, so that's, that's <laughs> in a nutshell. That's great. And you know what? I like to have fun too. Life is, life should be fun, man. Yeah. I mean, you're, this is amazing to be able to chat with you about all this stuff. You're a great interviewer. And well, I appreciate thank it. you. Thank well, you, man. You know, I, um, I, I'm just now figuring that out kind of, I guess uh, in, in my, I'll be, I'm, I'm 27. So I'm just now like, you know, Hey, I mean, you gotta like, you gotta have a good time. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, the, the lights are going to go out at some point. <laughs> like it's, yep. it's like, I was 18 yesterday. This is just weird. You know, and people are, you know, I drive my parents crazy. Cause it's like, you're 20 like you're in your twenties. Shut up. You know, I tell it's my, my drummer, we were, we were at the golf, we were at the driving range last night, you know, hitting some balls. He's a great golfer as well. Uh, as, as a phenomenal drummer, uh, Kevin, great guy. And I mean, he's twice my age, you know, been playing with me for years and, uh, like, yeah, man, I'm getting old and feeling it in my back. And he's just like, you know, he'll just give me that look, you know, but it, I, it's, it's weird. It really is weird. It's a time is, is very strange. And, um, it, it's amazing how it flies. You know, it, it, of course, when you're having fun, but I think even when you're really just kind of grunting through life, even through hard times, it's amazing how you look back and it's like a, a mist of time. And it's amazing. It, it's just, I'm very fascinated by that. And as an artist, it's, it's interesting because it's like, you really, it's a well of uh, inspiration. And if you could channel it in a way that's hopefully positive for people, that's a benefit, you know. I, I, can I can I, I add something? 
to that? Yeah, please do. Please do. I I'm, really I'm just, think, you know, vamping here. No, it's, it's, it's really great what you're saying. I'd like to say that I really believe that us, you and me, and people like us who are musicians and artists. The nut house, one, yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that we do is to hopefully show people the possibilities in life and to inspire them. I love so, it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of one of the reasons why I feel I'm here is to try to, on this planet, is to try to hopefully inspire people to do better things with their life or whatever, to, to be happy, whatever it is. Well, was there any um, other choice for you? Like, when did, when did you know that this was your path? Was it early I always, on? I always knew it when I was yeah. a, a small child. Yeah, it was the same. I it. Yeah, I was four or five years old, and I knew. Maybe even you, younger. But you've done acting, too. So you're like like the whole entertainment business package. Yeah, well, I grew, I, I grew up in acting first because uh, I would – and <laughs> this is funny. This will be in some of the outtakes and behind the scenes with the Eric footage. Um, Eric, so Eric asked me in <laughs> when we're, he's like tuning or whatever. And we're just like hanging out and he goes, you know, so how, how'd you get into the whole like acting thing? I was like, you know what, man, I was a baby model at 18 months. Like that's how it started. He, he got it. He's like, ain't that something? Ain't that something? I said, yeah, that's why I'm here, man. That's why. Cause I was, you know, basically naked at 18 months old and some cattle baby catalog. And that's, that's kind of what started the track, you know, I don't know. My parents just, whatever the, my mom just kind of like kept it rolling. Um, I guess I was a cute baby and whatever, you know, I, I don't know, but the acting thing really, it became a release. Um, it became, you know, artistically, it, I don't know. My parents just gave me opportunities. I was blessed. And, and, uh, I was dealing with some stuff when I was younger that, um, helped, uh, believe it or not, I actually had Tourette's when I was younger. Uh, so, you know, I had, I had tics, uh, motor tics, audible tics. And I, I had a very good doctor who told my parents, look, you know, I don't, I don't want to medicate because I really believe he's going to grow out of it by the time he's 13, 14. And that's, I still have the wiring. I'm still the same person, but I, I did at 90 something percent of it's gone. Um, and he said, I, I want you to just really get him involved in the arts. And I really want, let's just, let's just take it six months by six months and see what happens. You know, I mean, nine, 10, 11 years old, it was still rough, but by the time 13 came around, he, he was right, you know, and, and luckily they had enough data to kind of track that, but yeah. Um, he said, get him in wow. repetitive, yeah, repetitive activities. And that's what started drumming. That's what started drama classes. Um, Cause it was pretty cute at five. It just, it hit me hard and it really freaked my parents out. But luckily my mother's a nurse. She, she's very holistic, has a very natural approach, brilliant woman. And between the two of them, just kind of brainstorming on, um, you know, like uh, alternative options. Uh, I was fortunate. So, but anyway, so that's, that, a that's great actually the story. Well, that's, oh the deep, that's the deep story. But the baby model thing happened before that, and still it goes back to being a baby model. Do you, you dance at all? I mean, you do the whole thing? Yeah. I, uh, well, and then, again, it goes, back to, it goes back to that diagnosis because um, it was around the same time. He said, get him like tap dancing, any, anything rhythmic, repetitive, literally, you know, to, to, to be a, a relief. And um, 
Yeah, it's crazy to think about, but that that's and and I got into ballet and musical theater. So um that's great. Yeah, eventually, you know, music really was the the love and it it always was in a way. But I mean, drama and 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 music, those those two primarily and then production. So I I fell in love with recordings and, um, you know, 13, 14 years old. That's a whole other story. But um, I got to ask you real quick. Worst subway experience. You probably oh have a hundred, but I, I gotta, I gotta bring it up just to, just to get like, cause you've been in New York a long time, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds like you've been a lifer there. So you're probably in there weekly or if you're not on the bike, you know, I, I don't know. COVID's changed everything. Maybe you want to stay out of there. I got a great subway story. Okay. Right. So I'm, I just have to, I have a sister who's deaf, sadly. Well, not sadly, that's just how it is. Was she born so that I, way? She has, a form of degenerative hearing loss so okay. she uses sign language so i learned sign language wow so one day i'm on the sub i'm on the train <laughs> oh, shit listen <laughs> to this where this is going i got my guitar on my back and i'm just standing and these these these, these kids get on and they're signing right they're signing and they're like right in front of me i mean like 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 right here yeah, because everybody's thinking, like, you know, it's like a sardine can half the time. Yeah, but but there was not like a lot of people there. It was just, it was they just, just oh, okay. So they were just like randomly in front of you. And and, and they were just signing and they were, they were young. Know, they were like maybe, I don't know, 16, 17. And so uh, I can't help it. I'm watching them and I'm, I'm, I understand what they're signing. So one of them says, you're drunk, like right in front of me. And I'm like, I had to bite my tongue. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. I just wanted to just laugh. And I was like, I was, I swear to God, I like, was, I couldn't breathe. I was like, Oh my God, what do I do here? Because they probably think I can't sign because I've got a guitar in my back. They think I'm just some stupid hearing person. So uh, I immediately sent an email to my sister. And I said, what do I do? I'm on the subway. These kids are, they're signing right in front of me and I'm understanding everything they're saying. She said, next time that happens, you should say to them, Listen, I know sign language, so you better be careful what you say to one another. So that was that's a cute little story of something happened. That's that's great. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> that's good. Uh, let me ask you this: future plans for you? What um, what are we thinking? You know what what what's next for the next you know year or five years? I know it's hard to extrapolate, but I'm just no, I have it all. I have it planned out. Uh, I'm working on my seventh <laughs> CD. Wow. So which I'm planning Congrats, to release. Man. That's that's so Thank cool. You. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna release it hopefully um maybe like in July of twenty twenty two, let's say. Yeah. Maybe sooner, who knows? Are you working um, on it right now or is it more? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. I'm cool. constantly working on new music. Um and um I got some side projects I'm gonna be working on, which uh it's either gonna be a jazz or it's a progressive rock or something like that kind of thing. Very cool. And um uh, I'm also really looking forward to hopefully going back to overseas to play. Excuse me. I'm supposed to go to hopefully Norway uh, in the fall, but with COVID, who the hell knows what's going to happen. Right. Um, right. To, to see my buddy Cora Amundsen and Bjorn Hogsett, who I play with all the time, and the amazing JT Larson, who's somebody I'd like for you to meet, who's amazing Norwegian artist. I've got so many friends over there, and I'd be happy to introduce you to them. And uh, my friends in you. my friends in Holland who I play with, so I really am hoping that I get to go back to Europe because that's our market. I told you that when we talked before. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna love you over there. So they're gonna love you, kid. 
Yes. They're going to love you. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring cigars for us. Yeah, too, yeah, right? yeah. So we'll immediately get out, start smoking, chain smoking cigars. Yeah, you, you got. Know, I got to gain like sixty pounds, so you know you got to hook me. We got. Listen, we haven't even talked about the food, but oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I starve ninety something percent of my life because I'm not in New York. <laughs> you know. Hey, they got the best pizza where I live, though. Up here, you know, we got this place called, you know, Luigi's Pizza. It's on Luigi's. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's on Fifth Avenue, like in Brooklyn. I'm telling you, that place, <laughs> oh, my God. That grandma's pie, forget it. It's over. So, you know, not for nothing, but that's the best pie ever. Not for nothing. Life. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, going, finishing up my CDs and going overseas. I got some cool shows coming up, and uh, that's basically it. I mean, there's a lot more that I'm excited about, but I'm excited about the possibilities in life, Okay. And and you've got a you've got a, a 2021 nomination a tri- trifold CD song and band with makingascene.org. dot uh, what, uh, what how did that come about what's what's the story there I just got to thank Richard Lomadu for uh, you know he's he's about promoting independent artists like you and me that's Jason. right and uh, I'll definitely introduce you to him if you haven't met him already and. Uh, I, I don't know if it was him that nominated me or who it was, but thank you so much. Um, it's, it's the only way that an independent artist like us can move forward is to have that kind of support. So I got to pinch myself. Thank you, Richard, so much. And everybody at makingthescene.org. It was Luigi, and, uh, you know. Luigi, yeah. yeah. Well, I think Richard, <laughs> actually, Richard's from Long Island originally, <laughs> I think. But, you know, I don't ever heard a name like Lama Du. I mean, that's like, you know, some French stuff, you know, but, you know, like, you know, you got a real name, D'Amico. That's like, you know, <laughs> you know, my, my Fields isn't even my real name. My real name is Feldman because I'm Jewish. But, you know, what can I say? Dave, Dave Feldman, what sounds better? Fields? Feldman. I went with Fields. So, you, you know, know, Feldman, it almost sounds like you could have been uh, the the replacement for uh, what Don Fe- or what's his name with the Eagles. The other, the other oh Don Felder, player. right? Yeah, Don Felder, Fel- you know, Dave Feldman. I think Felder is actually my family's real last name. It was Felder, then they changed it to Feldman, and then my dad changed it to Fields. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, real quick, uh, Billy Joel, ever ever come across him at any point? I never personally worked with him, but I have a bunch of friends who played with him. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. In the New York area, there's a couple of huge artists. And Bruce Springsteen, obviously, yes, Bon Jovi. Yeah. And Billy Joel, of course, who's the big, you know, Long Island artist. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of big Long Island artists, but, I mean, he's huge. And, you know, <laughs> I never had the opportunity. At one point in my life, I was going the direction of being the, the hitman side you know, guitarist for hire, but I decided to be the artist like you. So yeah, I don't, I don't have those opportunities to play with those people. What, as much was anymore. there a specific reason why you, you chose to continue down the artist road? Was it really like creative freedom? Cause I know a lot of these guys, man, they get, yeah, they, they got your ass, but they're good contracts, but I mean, you're, it's like an anchor, you know, to a certain it's degree, but golden, I don't know if that plays into it. It's a golden noose, but for me, a golden um, noose. I love it. I love it. It was. I mean, for me, I worked, I made a lot of money. I worked at, at a huge jingle company and um, I had all these other heavy duty, you know, corporate clients, IBM. I used to produce song parodies for morning radio. I did TV commercials, musical TV commercials. And even recently I wrote a, 
the theme for the HBO show uh, Pod Save America. Okay. Um, I still have my hand in it, but honestly, I don't like being on call 365 days a year. Yeah. Seven, 24 hours a day. Um, it's a grind. And I wasn't put on this earth to just be cranking out music. I'm, I'm an artist. I'm here. To, I got something to say. I want to. It's very hard to be composer, arranger, producer for radio, TV, and film and be an artist the way yeah. we want to be artists. Yeah. Because you got to stay focused on one or the other. It's, it's a full time job doing one or the other. And I just, even though I like, I could use the money <laughs> doing the composer thing, um, it's just not fulfilling. It's just, I don't want to do that. Spe honestly, especially in New York, you know, when Luigi's pie <laughs> is like 30 bucks, you know, it's not, it's no, not Luigi's like, is not that much. It's like you know, <laughs> two fifty, something like that. You know, two, $5, two fifty. $5 with two slices. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's all right. You know, me and me and Joey Lorisella, we go down there, we grab a couple, two, yeah, three stick slices. With me, kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's all right. So, um, that's great. That's great. Uh, real quick, your manager was calling uh, right before we were on the air, and and you said you guys have a good relationship. Just want to give you a chance to talk about him if you. Uh, oh my God, I'm so uh, so honored. I'm working with this gentleman named Buzz Willis, who was the he ran RCA Soul Division. Um, he started it with, I guess it was at the time Chad Atkins who ran RCA, Very cool. and um, he worked with um, he managed Cool in the Gang. Wow. And he also ran uh, CTI Records, Creed Taylor, which is a big jazz label, and he's done so many things. He's, I'm just honored to work with him. And Buzz, if you're listening, I love you. Thinking about you, and uh, thank you so much for everything you've done for us and your contribution to the music world. And not sure you why why you hanged up on us, but that's cool, Buzz. We still love you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe, yeah, he brought, he brought, it's like three missed calls, right? You know, it's the the. <laughs> The, the, the post-pandemic uh, show of your life, and it's the Jason Amigo show that's uh, going to – I already know what's going on here. I, I, you're never going to talk to me again. This is the end of – you know, this is no, it. This is, no, we're, we're going to hang. I can't wait to have us do a show together. We'll have to have fun. Yeah, man. yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, this has been awesome. I, I have a, a fun thing that I like doing with everybody at the end. I call it the shootout section where I'll just say a word – that's industry related to the guest. And you just say a word back, oh, no. um, uh, you know, popcorn style, no right or wrong answers. No, uh, you know, it, it, it's not like there, there's no gun pointing to the head. It's whatever you want to say. So, uh, vocal booth blues, <laughs> my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good life. Uh, rock. And roll. Guitar. Todera. That's good. That was not paid for. That was, I didn't pay him oh, to say that. Those guys, you would love them. They're amazing. Drums. Gretsch. Uh, Dan, nope. I, 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 no, I'm not going to argue with that one. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, piano. Steinway. I knew you were going to say Steinway. I just knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Stage. Fright. <laughs> Studio. Recording. Uh, distortion. OCD. Okay. You is that, that OCD is? as in like your OCD about it or the OCD? No, the full-tone OCD. Yeah, yeah. I, I see That's a lot of guys. One. 
I, I, this gnat is still hanging out with me from an hour ago. He's still swimming. I like this to him. I'm kind of, I don't know, man. He's kind of like the mascot right now. I should probably just take a picture of him and put him up on the show on the web, on the, uh, the, the, the Spotify, like bio section. So there's a picture of me and there's a picture of like a blown up gnat. And this is mascot. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, Joey. Yeah. You know the guy? Yeah. Go down to North Carolina and take care of that gnat for me. (laughs) Yeah. See you later. Talk to you later. Don't worry. You know this guy, Dave. You know, he's got some real connections. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> All right, last one. Um, New York. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh, I love, love. So it took a while there. Are you sure about that? No, it is. It is. What I, it, I, I felt it, but I didn't know how to put it into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I feel it. I, I love it, too. I love it, too. It is. The, it is. I'll tell you, for me, it's magical. Um, it's just pure magical, electrical, uh, insane amount of energy. I mean, even the difference just from taking the train down from uh, that upstate New York, like 60 miles north, 50 miles north of the city. It's pretty close. Getting yeah, out of Grand Central. What an energy, you know, and Grand Central Station and, you know, coming out. It's just whoa, you know. It's cool. intense, and I'm from New York, and I still get it's just like wow. Yeah, uh, so amazing. it must be like a real rude awakening when you're doing like the you know, the Kansas, uh, you know, Wyoming, Utah, Montana, uh, uh you know, that's got to be like micro, or uh, I'm sorry, this extremely slow mo speed. Yeah, and let me add to that. I've been to Russia and I've been to Ukraine. That's like a whole other world completely. Right. Oh God, I want to go to China and see what that's like. Yeah. So, yeah, but definitely like being in Wyoming or, you know, Montana, it's a whole other world. And it makes you appreciate, you know, New York City or not appreciate it, depending on depending what mood on what, you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's your favorite? Uh, I, I'm assuming New York's probably your favorite state. Mm, that's a good question because I've been thinking about where I would want to live if I didn't live in New York and I don't know, but I really like North Carolina a lot, honestly. Uh, I love, I've spent a lot of time in Wilmington. I think it's beautiful. Raleigh's beautiful. Uh, It's a beautiful state. And, um, uh, there's a lot of things I love about New York. A lot of things I want to strangle about it. So, and not just New York city, New York state. I love upstate New York, actually. It's beautiful. I live in Manhattan. I'm really starting to fall in love with Brooklyn. I hate to tell you, <laughs> but uh, it's I'm here. I'm making fun of it, but talking like I'm from Brooklyn or wherever the hell I'm from, and uh, it's really amazing. If you ever get to go to Park Slope, or which is where I'm going to be playing basically on Thursday, and uh, it's just got this. It's a totally different thing than what's happening in Manhattan. Manhattan is turning into these just big buildings, and it's intense and go 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 and you know it's just, but brooklyn's got this whole other thing it's, it's a definitely it's definitely quieter um still still city but quieter uh more trees which i like you know and it's just more of like a neighborhood feel yeah um, and i live in a real neighborhood where i live i live in lower east side in sewer park and uh yeah but there's something i don't know i i, I might want to live in brooklyn instead of living in manhattan so i don't yeah. know but uh, I like North Carolina. I really do. I got to tell you. So 
A lot of blues down here, man. You, there is. You you love it, you know, and it's very close to. Well, it's not very close, but it's close to Nashville. Yeah. Um, drivable in a day, eas- easily. Uh, you know, and Florida. Yeah, yep. Florida's drivable in a day. So many great Florida venues, as you probably know. Um. Yes, Florida is amazing. Another great place to to live and work if you're in the blues blues rock market like we are. Yeah. Um. But what I like about North Carolina is like you said, it's centrally located and uh, it's all, all, it's not far to, to get places. If you live in Florida, you've got to drive out of Florida to go some other place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I mean, I think 10, I think Nashville, Southern Nashville is probably the best centrally located place. I mean, Atlanta is also centrally located, but it's, it's not, it's not really a blues town. So no, I don't know. I've thought about the Nashville thing. Nashville um, makes a lot of sense. I think. Well, yeah, because of the acting in Atlanta, because there's so much going on there too. And it's, you can kind of go back and forth pretty easily within, you know, half a day if needed. Um, doesn't even How about sense. you living in New York? You should, my God, it's actors. I, well, I did, you know, I did, I did for, for years. Um, when I was getting my degree, I was getting it online. And then I was also, I was in upstate New York uh, for four or five years and, taking the train down for auditions and jobs and whatever. Um, and I, well, no, it's funny enough that you, that you say this because I was about to sign a contract with a new uh, acting agency fall of 2019. And um, I, I was, I, I had a, a whole place in upstate New York uh, on the, the church that I go to up there. They had the side building and I was going to, I wrote a whole proposition and gave it to them. They approved it for me to bring up all my gear. So I kind of like had this setup that I was going to do. And um, I got, there was a little bit of a delay with the acting contract. They threw in a couple of sentences that I wasn't crazy about and it just kind of stalled it. And I was like, eh, eh, I don't, you know, I don't even want, it's like, it wasn't even one of those things where I need an attorney to look at this. It was just like, why are they putting this in here? We already said that this was, we were going to agree to this. We were in person when we talked about it. Um, and then COVID happened. So, you know, it's kind of like a, 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 a very, it was a very big blessing in disguise. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, it, one thing leads to another and uh, the Eric Gale's opportunity happened. And that, that was, I mean, it just so happened because everybody's home and it just so happened that him and LaDonna are in North Carolina now. And, uh, you know, it just, every, it's just crazy how things happen like that, you know, but it's funny that you bring that up because that was, yeah, it's where my headspace was two years ago because I love New York. So much work for acting and my God, you're a (laughs) multi-threat. They would love you. I mean, I'm not really in that world, but. It's uh, you should consider it, I think, or L.A., but, you know, I'm not really a fan of L.A., but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll 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 see how it goes. I, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a few more months um, with all this stuff, because I don't know. I, I, I just. A lot of this stuff is very hard to believe. It's it feels like we went into some crazy vortex. 18 months ago and life is just not the same 
and the the feeling is different. It's just a it's a weird time right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. So, hey, listen, there's going to be opportunities. I keep saying that I know it. There's going to be opportunities. Things are going to change, but it's going to happen. Just wait. Stay positive. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, what what do you think's going to happen? What do you, what do you think? Do you know? Is it just a feeling? I have a feeling, but being I just my feeling is this. <laughs> oh, he's oh well, he's going to disclose it. Okay, all right. I feel like uh, I'll use this as an example. Venues that close when one door opens, when one door closes, another one opens. Maybe some venues may close that um, that like let's say you might have wanted to play. I'm using this as an example. Let's say a big venue closes that you've always wanted to play in right because they didn't survive covid another venue will open up to take its place and you'll have an opportunity to play there which will lead to who knows what those kind of things are going to happen interesting people are going to start thinking out of the box the dynamics are going to change how people listen to music for example how they book shows and just being flexible and and staying positive are going it's going to dictate how these how the new way forward is going to happen for us. I like that it. That's what I, like I really it. believe. Well, I always thought that there was going to be a, definitely a stirring to a certain degree. Like there's people that are out, but no longer in the industry, which is, it's sad. Um, I don't know if there's really new people getting in. Uh, I, I don't know. There probably are, but not as many as there were before this. Cause now it's on everybody's minds where, you know, well, what, ha- what happens if it happens again? Um, and that's, that's, that's definitely a question. I think going through any entertainer's mind or anybody who owns a venue, I mean, you know, the, 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 the service men and women, I mean, people that are, you know, the bartenders, the, the waiters, the waitresses, and, and some of them, they, they do it for a living full time and they're good at it and they do it at great venues. And it was just, I mean, as hard as it was for the musicians, there were other alternatives, right? We could do kind of the live streaming. We could do outdoor stuff, socially distant, whatever. Uh, but for them, I mean, like people took a hit and it's just horrible, you know, um, especially when some of the corporate larger entities were able to stay open. Yeah. Anybody like the, it just it depended on the state laws and just very, very difficult to, uh, ascertain and just make sense out of, uh, you know, why certain, why it happened that way. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, the, we got to stay positive. I, I agree with you though. It's, there's really no other choice and it's hard sometimes because there's a lot of uncertainty. Yep. I agree. I agree. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I've got one last question for you that I ask everybody, which is if you could go back in time to your 15 year old self, knowing what you know now, what would you tell them? <laughs> Stay positive. And <laughs> look, at, look at the possibilities in life. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that would probably be it. I, you know, to, to uh, have confidence and what believe in yourself and have confidence to do whatever it is you dream to do and not be scared that's great <laughs> i love it um this has been awesome where can folks find you um and if you could just say it uh, on a number of different 
platforms. We'll have it in the description box. But if people are at the gym or driving or whatever, where can they find you? www.davefields.com. D-A-B-E-F-I-E-L-D-S.com. That's and obviously right. I'm on Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's awesome. This was amazing. I'm so glad we got to get it in despite the electrical issues over here with breakers being worked on and shut off, um, which the lights came on right before we were rolling, which is cool. Uh, any last words, my friend? This is great. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome to be on the show. Thank you. I'm honored to be able to chat with you. It's just been amazing and to connect with everybody and uh, sending much love to everybody. Stay safe. And I hope to see you soon. Hopefully Jason and I can do a show together. You can see us both at the same time. Absolutely. Well, you guys have been watching and listening to the Jason Amico show with special guest Dave Fields. Definitely go down below, check out his material. Awesome blues, awesome rock for you. And uh, we'll see you all in the next episode. Peace.